about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Tim, 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 Tim. Brian. Hello, Tim. Hello. And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of our fair podcast, Dismembering Horror. <laughs> the podcast shoe where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan. What do we do? We dismember a horror film every week, every Thursday, straight from our mouths to your ears. And what does it mean to dismember a horror film, Tim? It means we watch a film and then we pick it apart yes or pull it apart or chop it apart or dismember it or dismember it we talk about what worked for us what did not work for us and anything else we found interesting or noteworthy that fits into neither a pro nor a con in our minds and um we, we have this, this is, is true episode 71 we've been chugging along here Chugging almost to 75. That'll be uh, another, another demarcation. Um, the only business I have before we get to our episode, or our, our, <laughs> more of our episode, because <laughs> this is a part of it, is uh, I think I failed to mention in October, Tim, during October episodes, I think I, I may have, but in case I didn't, I wanted to mention that I went on a friend of the show's podcast, Retro Reviews, again, mm -hmm. to talk about Poltergeist 3. <laughs> and so this was uh, my friend Peter's podcast. So I'd been on once before the show to talk about Poltergeist with them. Then we had Peter on the show to talk about Poltergeist 2, the other side. And then I went on to wrap it up and talk about Poltergeist 3. So between our two shows, you can hear um, a combination of us all talk about all three Poltergeist films. The episode on Retro Reviews was released October 22nd. Just check it out. It's more more than I wanted to mention it beyond, you know, of course, a recommendation. Found it. Did you see that our friend Mikey on Instagram did one of those questionnaires and it said, uh, name a sequel that exceeds its original yeah i you know what i what did you say and i didn't say anything um i said troll too <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> um but somebody put poltergeist 2 and my head exploded oh, yeah and so i asked him i was like who the fuck <laughs> <laughs> good question guess who it was marissa yep his wife <laughs> She loves horror films. Didn't she put a question mark? No, I don't think so. It is funny, though, because, like, when you watch these movies growing up as a kid, <laughs> like, you are kind of be you accept it all as yeah. face value. Like, you, you connect, like, like, Kane could just be, oh, yeah, that's why it's so good. Yeah. Anything else you sort of look beyond or are forgiving of. I think she actually, we, she and I have spoken a, a fair amount about, like, horror films that we like and whatever, and. She definitely has a list that like, I don't know if she re if she were to rewatch them now, if it would change her mind. But I think a lot of her movies potentially fall into that category of like, she is solely basing this off of her like 15 years ago yeah. opinion of it. But I wonder if she's someone I, kind I, of knowing her who kind of can easily just snap back into that state as I think, default. I think she is. Like, I think oh. she would watch it and be like, I stand with my, <laughs> my assessment. It's great. A friend of mine, um, yeah, she loves like shark movies was talking about how like as a kid, she'd just watch all the Jaws movies and like 
I'm like, oh, yeah, she's like, I love Jaws three. Yeah, well, no, it was just interesting to see as a kid. She said she would just kind of watch them all as this continuing adventures of the shark family and story. <laughs> like it was all yeah. great, you know. Yeah, Jaws did not sit head and shoulders above the other right, ones. Right, that's funny. Yeah, it's so true. I like. I think I mentioned this too, where I, I watched Willow again. Oh yeah, yeah. And I did not like it, and I was bummed out. Yeah. But so be it. Well, I liked it when I was a kid. Well, we'll talk about it more later because yeah. we got this this film to talk about. What S- film? Sombak Ogjil. Wow. Translating to, that was my uh, attempt at Korean spelled phonetically. That translates to hide and seek, or at least the, I don't know if it directly translates, but that was the <laughs> Korean title right. for this film called in English, Hide and Seek. Of which there are uh, multiple films with that title, but this was the 2013 Korean film, mm. uh, Hide and Seek. I'm sure I just saw it mentioned on a, a, a thread of favorite horror movies, a list. However, we sort okay. of got a lot of our entries in our hat that we pull our films from. And, um, well, well, what, what do we got to? Oh, yeah. So we watched the trailer. Yeah. Should let's, we do that? Yeah, let's watch it. All right. Here's the trailer. It's good. 2013, Hide and Seek. 언제부턴가 우리 동네에 이상한 소문이 떠돌기 시작했다. 남이 살고 있는 집에 몰래 들어와서 몸을 숨긴 채 살아가는 사람들에 대한 이야기였다. 그 사람 말입니다. 이게 아무래도 실종된 것 같아요. 이런 늦춰한 아파트에 무슨 일이세요? 제 형이 이 아파트에 삽니다. 317호. 나가. 나가라고! 제발 형한테 그만 좀 훔쳐보라고 얘기해 주세요. 415호 남자 명이었죠. That trailer started out made me almost want to go kind of what we said about other trailers. Like, I wanted that movie. Mm. But then by the end, it was like, no, that was that, was that movie. The, yeah, pretty much the movie. <laughs> Yeah. Just that first line about, like, there's squatters who live in hiding. Yeah. I'm like... Some squatter shaming going on in this movie. <laughs> they really... Is this, a, like, a big issue? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, in, in general, I mean, it's just homelessness, you know? Right, but, like, the actual, like... I wonder if that happens much here. Probably not, but... I think there's a lot of... Like, I mean, people living, like, in abandoned places. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess I mean, there aren't about, that many abandoned places here. Right. This is about not abandoned right, places. Right, right. That's f- pretty intense. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like a, oh, uh, yeah. I bet it happens. Um. Okay, okay. Where are we at? Okay, our rating. How does that lead into how we thought of it? Because I guess, well, why I thought, why I thought, oh, yeah, the trailer started off saying, oh, there's squatters. It, it, and I said, I wanted that movie. This movie seemed to have very little in the end about that kind of like hide and seek of someone hiding in your house. Like I remember it was That's on- right. It was yeah. only a moment at the end when I was like, oh, here's finally the hide and seek moment because you had someone hiding <laughs> right. in a closet looking out. And then even that, it like. It's a very loose use of hide and seek. Which I wonder if the, the actual Korean title. Probably totally different. If there's Even if it's the same words, I wonder if it like has a different kind of connotation or meaning or I, saying. I think most likely. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? Like, uh, okay. Our lame 
you know, translation. <laughs> this is as to say, this was pretty comparable, honestly, to like, um, to like Trench Eleven for me, as far as wow, as far as it just, I it, it like never lived up to kind of what I was maybe led to believe it could be. And it, I guess, I guess um, more so too, that it just like, it wasn't egregiously like just bad, like other films that we've watched, like a total train wreck at all. There's plenty in it. Yeah. Um, but like if in trench 11, what sort of made it like, I'd say a lower tier stream, it was okay. Fun, evil Germans and some cool effects. Mm -hmm. This one, all it really kept me going was, yeah, I get, it was like fun to watch. Like we had fun kind yeah, of I, playing it out and I watching the moments. Yeah. But in the end, I was just kind of like blah, you know, with it. And that almost sort of not offends me, but like disappoints you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like above all, I want to think something's interesting in a film. And this yeah. was kind of like anything but. And I know I don't get as excited about you as kind of the, uh, like, putting together clues mm. thing just inherently. Ooh, yeah. Like, I love it when it's just, it's supposed to be there and it's done super well. Yeah. And I get cut off with it. But here I was just kind of like, well, I guess I'm curious to see who the, the killer is, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah. There's, and, okay. there's some problems yeah. in, in, I think, the the logic or execution of the clue mystery thing yeah. in this and that's kind of where but it falls anyway, apart because it just was like flat and that to me is just kind of the worst thing in a film for me i, I almost wanted to go as far as to say avoid it and well, was like really feeling that but i think just because it was korean and like that just keeps me engaged just to see oh we're observing another culture both in how they make a film and how they're being portrayed that puts it in like a sort of lower tier stream it for me. I think that the Trench 11 comparison, actually, there's one thing that uh, one thread. The lead in both of these movies is borderline charisma vacuum. <laughs> like they're just kind of nothing until like at least in this one, he gets to a place. Yeah. But for the majority of this movie, it's just like looking into a fucking black hole so where does that leave you at as far as your rating and the stream too yeah but i will say i'm not that close to an avoid like i thought it was fine yeah like i enjoyed it i wasn't like this is fucking trash well that's the thing like but it's got problems when of course when i say well this this is trash i put it as an avoid but there's something about it when it's like god like what's an example of other films that we watch i can't think of one off the top of my head um that does what where where it's like i'd say the execution level is kind of the same mm. but because it felt like either they were there was just more interesting things about it like either they were going for more and failing and that's fine because at least they were going for it or like the ideas behind it kind of were coming through and kind of kept me thinking and having fun mm -hmm. this just didn't have any of that for me it's just like utterly forgettable like there are films that i'd say are just as mediocre but that but that they actually sort of leave me something with you mm -hmm. know but this was just kind of like 
when it when it's just not interesting in the end i'm like those are the movies that i tell myself to avoid but again this wasn't quite that i'm giving it a stream it because of its i guess koreanness <laughs> yeah yeah i it's got issues yeah well, it is it it like it's i feel bad because I feel like it's super close to being really good. Yeah. And it just doesn't get there. Well, let's figure it out. I feel like yeah. there's a couple core things that oh, they just yeah. were holding it back. <laughs> um, and, no but doubt. honestly, this too, this is, I think, one of the more fascinating types of films to talk about and dismember on our show. Because it's not just ragging on it. It's not just praising on it. It's kind of we do have to thoroughly dismember mm-hmm. it yep. to figure it all out. So let's get into that. We got our summary first. Oh, okay. So, um, I mean, I don't know any of anybody's name. (laughs) So the main dude is Sung Soo. You don't have them up in front of you? I do, but like when I was listening to them pronounce the names and reading the subtitles, I was like, that's not how I... I like I wouldn't say his name is Sung Su based on what you hear. Yeah, so I mean it's so much different. That's fine. I think just so as long it's as okay we're saying we, them consistently. We just destroy the pronunciation here. Sung Su. Okay. So <laughs> and Ju Hee were the main two. So Sung Su is the main dude that Tim said was charisma yeah. vacuum. Do we just call him Sung? Sung I don't know. Sure. Sung Su. Okay. And Sung then Ju Hee was the squatter lady. Well, no. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then everyone else can just be referred to in relation to Sung Soo and Joo Hee, because we have okay. Minji, Sung Soo's wife, and then Joo Hee's daughter. Sung Soo, main dude. <laughs> Joo Hee, squatter. <laughs> Minji, wife. Okay. All right. So Sung Soo. <laughs> 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 what about Sung Soo, Tim? All right. He's bland and is he does have a compulsion. He's got a bit of OCD. And he's bland because he's traumatized from a uh, from betraying his brother with That's a skin right. disease at a young age. That's right. Um, we'll talk more about that later. So he gets a call. He's like a buttoned up dude. Business guy. They're well to do. Yeah. Upper middle upper class. Upper middle class for sure. He gets a, a call Got essentially it. saying that his, you know, his brother is no longer living in the apartment that he was living in. He's got a wife and two kids. Um, oh, Sung Soo has a wife and two kids. Yeah. yeah. So, and his, you know, he gets his call. His brother is gone. Uh, the uh, landlord of the brother's apartment is like, you got to come get his his shit. And he hasn't heard from or, like, known the whereabouts of his brother for many, many years. Because he betrayed him. Yeah, they are estranged. Yeah. Um, so, he decides to go, like, check it out and go see if his, you know, he can maybe even find his brother or something. It's kind of vague. But he goes to the apartment and it sort of unfolds this mystery of, like, where is the brother and what's been happening and... God, I don't know what else. He that's his main goal is to figure out where his brother is. But then we quickly get caught up in there's a well we no, I mean as far as the movie goes though, that's just the that character's sort of beginning of his journey. But in the movie we start off with a murder. That's of right. A um hum, a, a 
motorcycle helmeted person killing a resident. his neighbor. Yeah, his na- his or her neighbor. <laughs> well, yeah. Their neighbor. Their neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> um and then the two that intersects with uh Sung Soo the dude's story. Yeah. Cuz he gets to his brother's apartment and discovers that not only does his brother have a bunch of women's things in the apartment, toothbrush, bra, like um, sanitary napkins, Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. But he also discovers that there is a pathway, like a hidden pathway between that apartment and the next door apartment, which we, the audience, know is the apartment of the girl who was murdered by the motorcycle helmet guy. Anyway, how do we, how do we, where does this go to? So, yeah, where does it go to? It goes into just this kind of like, I don't even know how you describe it because it's like, what the fuck is It's not cat and mouse. No, it, it's, well, okay, actually, you know what it does is the second he arrives at that apartment, the motorcycle helmet character starts stalking him and his family. Right. That's the story. Okay. Great. Thank. I knew we'd get there in the end. But it's <laughs> it's very meandering and sort of like, what the fuck is going on? There's a lot of stuff. It feels like around we just, that we just kind of go from a scene where they're directly confronting this killer and kind of have a fracas with him or her, and then I mean, it ends up to be her, or whatever. The, the 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 person who's pursuing them is this um squatter, another neighbor. Yeah, it's another neighbor, this, like, crazy lady with a daughter. Yeah, what was her name? Um, Juhi. Juhi. Yeah. And then, so it goes between the scenes of their fracas and then kind of, like, the mom doing something stupid or not taking care of her kids, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) And then... Don't get me started. And then at some point, our hero, Sung Soo, changes from being hurt and stoic to more, like, I'm carrying a, a golf... A golf club and they're gonna actually fight right. like i said the the rich man's weapon of choice and then juhi moves into like her plan is to take over this family's uh house apartment right which i guess she's been doing yeah i don't like, know it's not the first time she's marked the apartments oh and that's going on too is she's gone around to who knows how many apartment all uh, of them like yeah and is like kind of writing in code uh the combination of people living there one man two kids what a woman one child whatever so yeah yeah we'll, we'll talk about that later too. all right that hopefully paints a picture we aim with these <laughs> summaries it? not to necessarily we we hope you watch this film and this is just kind of a fun like um uh, uh digestion digestion and discussion of the film we all just watched together but so we hope the summary more just gets across uh how we felt or what we took away what we took away the movie was and whatever that says to you (laughs) and for anyone listening (laughs) who hasn't watched it well that's what you're getting (laughs) all right all right should we do what worked yeah what worked I mean, I think there's some pretty obvious generalized things. It felt like a movie. That's one of the first things I said when it came on and you're seeing this young woman walking 
in a, I don't know, it's kind of like a shipping no, pier area. It's so interesting, that measure of like when we've watched, um, I remember the ritual, I said something similar about that. I'm like, okay, from the first shots, I was buying into it like a, a actual film. Yeah. But like when we watched Death Bell, it was kind of like, this Ooh. is a little... Yeah. Some, just in combination, how it's shot. Just yep. how it's lit. The, the, the word mise-en-scene. <laughs> you, you know, go, yeah. every aspect of the finished image. Yeah. And there are some really good images Oh, in my it. God. The, that shot of the building. It's the best shot. Uh, of yeah. of the, the, not the, not the rich building, but the. No. Yeah. The, the, the angular, slummy, <laughs> sort of multi-tiered, you know, multi component oh this like gorgeous orange green yeah, kind of it's great yeah there's sort of a mist around everything it's really nice so um as far as the performances yeah i'll agree the main guy sung su not a lot to offer except as he kept pointing out his eyebrows Ooh, boy did he have quizzical looks galore oh his eyebrows did the fun heavy lifting and it was <laughs> as you said fun to like watch him build to an explosion and was satisfying yeah. once he finally got there. Yeah. But um <laughs> but I gotta say, like, I thought the kids overall were really good. There was the yeah. daughter with the eye patch, um She was Ju- cool. Juhi's daughter had brought a kind of intensity. I I mean I think Juhi is and that's that actress fucking rocked. That's what I was getting to. Ooh. Yeah, Juhi who plays the crazy woman squatter, she kind of made the movie for me. You know who she reminds me of a lot? I wonder if it's the same person I'm thinking of. Who? It's, I don't remember her name, but it's the woman in Dances with Wolves who won Best Supporting Actress, I think, oh, for I that. I'd have to look up her name, but. I haven't seen that. She was also in Battlestar Galactica. She's the president. I was thinking of the woman who's in, um, oh God, what's her name? Um, she's in, <laughs> is it? Oh God, I am. I'm looking for it. Right? Okay, she's in Donnie Darko as the like. Uh, I question your commitment to Sparkle Motion, and she's oh my in like God. the Frighteners. Beth, Beth Grant. Yeah, is that her name? <laughs> yes, that's her. Totally. <laughs> she's like the American equivalent for me, that's or like interesting. This, yeah, or she's s- just a little older in my mind than this character. But, but yeah, just I get as what far you're as saying. like yeah. crazed woman, that's yeah. just like, but super fun in like playing that role. Yeah. Like yeah, so her name is um, Moon Jung Hee, played Ju Hee. And she, yeah, it was so much fun watching just become unhinged and like, I don't know. I don't know. She was great. She was great. She's she really was the good. highlight of the movie no for me. No question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if you could make this movie, I guess she has to be in the sort of position that she's in. She can't really be the protagonist or the false protagonist, yeah. but man, she's good. Because it's fun because you sort of are with them when she invites them over for coffee or tea and you kind of like know that she's, you know, she's been through some stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, like we're wanting to, like we're, we're she's in still in a place where we're giving her the benefit of the doubt. She's mm-hmm. just hurt. But you then, know what could could potentially be a cool way to reframe this movie is if you told it from Juhi's daughter's perspective. Yeah. And you sort of keep things from the audience, like Juhi, Juhi's daughter. Um, is is never revealing certain things. If you got... It's like in Carrie, you know, yeah. you have that kind of weird, abusive relationship with the mom, but you get to see like... I think that's... It wouldn't work That's interesting or noteworthy, problem, which but, is why oh yeah, I'd want to save point. it for that section. Yeah. If, uh, I'll bring it back up. 
Probably. Um, I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what else did you like about it? What worked for you? Um, I like the class sort of themes, you know, of just, just putting up how lower class or whatever you want to call it, like less fortunate, whatever the fuck, how they, well, in this movie, how it's sort of depicted in that like perspective from the, the richer guy, you know, he's, he's ashamed of like this state that his brother was living in and like he feels uncomfortable around anybody who's dirty like having him have this affliction of of like OCD-ness is actually a really smart fucking framing for his character because it does speak to the larger thing of class of like what it means to be upper or lower or middle or whatever class in relation you know they're using it they're using like cleanliness as a representation of the class system. I think that's actually pretty fucking cool. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's a good thematic thing to have in like have movies about, not yeah. about, but like have as themes in movies. I think it's important to sort yeah. of point at that stuff. All that worked for me. Because just... holy fuck, <laughs> you, like the just, insane naivety of his wife okay 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 yeah right yeah. like really points at that stuff and it's stark you go whoa oh you mean they're in a, living in a, in a realistic way yeah in a great way because you're like holy shit they're living in a different fucking world yeah and that's great to see like when you get those like clear sort of lines of like oh they don't even fucking get it yeah i'll i like that shit a lot i'll agree yeah i generally agree i like that class divisiveness stuff that was there but like when Ju for me sees her coat and she's like i love that coat. yeah where'd you get that coat that whole th like that stuff i think is really pleasing. i had that specifically yeah son recognizing coat was a good <laughs> good part but we, um what i wanted to say was for me it was more specifically just the setting mm -hmm. uh as far as playing into the class just have our two distinct settings be this more yeah. slummy apartment and then the high-rise upper upper middle class apartment yeah um and just that inherently, like visually, architecturally, like whatever sort of we get thematically imbued in us from those settings, the fact that that was just there worked, I don't agree so far as much as like, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot that was intentional about the class stuff that worked for me. Um, oh. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but there was intentional the, stuff. Right. But the, the uh, Sorry. Intentional as far as like. The stuff that was there, just because it was there, was working. But I, I yeah, don't I mean, think this is delivered. to me, this is a broad stroke. Great. For example, I think it's a really cool window in to this theme when you see the first time the kids go to play the little video games in the more slumish area. Oh yeah, right. And that's that's playtime for them, and. As a result, they get kind of fucked with and kidnapped sort of by a really sketchy dude. And like that scene plays out with another neighborhood person who ends up being Juhi, but like showing up and like kind of saving the day, like protecting the neighborhood. Whereas the, the converse scene happens later when the uh, uh, Sung Su's son 
is playing in the playground that is like the playground of the complex. So it's contained and it's supposedly safe and all that. They even have a fucking security guard. And all these security cameras. Yeah, security cameras all over the place. So it seems really like safe and contained. And yet there's a dude with a fucking motorcycle helmet just standing there like a fucking creeper. And the security guard doesn't really do shit. Like he, well, they have to say here, like, something... hey, go look at it. I just like the the yeah. showing the difference in the attitudes around the neighborhood and like these two different neighborhoods and like the the environment and like how in this case like the playtime of the kids it's very starkly different and i just like seeing those two things put up against each other and i I thought this is maybe where you're kind of going with it too but the um that was really cool i didn't have that down i just thought of it as far as the um the bad person the bad guy the the antagonist figure i sorry i want i'm kind of even more trying to say like if this was a slasher movie that just the villain you mm. know in essence yeah. of being this um black leather black helmet figure carrying various beating weapons but just the fact that this is what i thought you're going with was that that she was um like like you can't say she could just stand there being a creeper in this like richer area and no one really does much about it. I think that, I don't know if that was intentional it was, but that in itself is creepy because I, I buy it, you know, like we kind of, yeah. Like, like when you do, like, what do you do? They're standing in the elevator with you and not hitting a button. Like if we're supposed to sort of by our norms, you know, we're supposed to trust them. And we, we should, we they have no reason. Maybe they're just a little weird. We don't know what's under that right. helmet. But rest assured, if you're in a, if you're in a quote unquote poorer neighborhood and somebody's acting fucking weird, people will come out and go, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? This is my neighbor. Like there's a very different culture around how you deal with, you know, sketchiness in the different classes like how yeah like rich people have this sort of like ostrich syndrome about it like they just want to fucking ignore oh i don't want to see it i don't want to look i don't want to even acknowledge it and like i personally in my experience and in my life like living in not super wealthy neighborhoods we fucking call shit out we go hey you can't do that shit here that's exactly that ostrich syndrome that is the the scary stuff that's in there like i used to have a dude who would sleep at the bottom of our parking, like, like the stairs down to where the parking garage was. And it's like, we would just be like, Hey man, (laughs) like you can't sleep down here. Like we get it, but you, you can't do it. Like I would do that. And then I would watch other people in my building, you know, just walk by and like step over him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, guys, take a stance one way or the other. Don't ignore it. Yeah. Like it's, he, like he obviously needs a fucking like a little bit of engagement. Like, yeah, it's not cool for him to sleep down there. It's dangerous potentially. That's the scariest thing for me is that in a bunch as of if ways they don't exist. Treating them like they don't yeah. exist. Well, yeah. yeah. So that I guess what that ultimately kind of becomes is it's the dehumanization of those people, right? And and there's tends to be this theme of rich people, and this is reality. I think certain rich people or certain class people want to dehumanize and ignore it well and that's or what, in ignoring it they're dehumanizing that's what gets at that's that horror in me of like well what's that what's the inevitability people are ignoring of like 
it's kind of like like the Hunger Game things. Do we just keep banishing them further and further, right. like outside our, our city limits? Like, so I liked in this film. This is this is sort of a moment that got at that was the stuff towards the beginning of the homeless man, like just acting like as you'd say a total sketchball. Sure, um, he's like, he's having a flip out. Re- yeah, releasing some kind of like liquid in the bathroom, and yeah. then and then we have our main guy. I think it was Sung Soo, our main guy, yeah. saying like, "Oh, should I call someone?" What should I do? Oh Just, no, it's his it's it's not even him, it's his assistant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like I think it's a female assistant there in his I don't even know what he does, but whatever, in his office. <laughs> yeah. Who's like, yeah, she's like showing compassion. And he just is like, he just stares at it. He was like that, has no response. Did that end up being a sort of a, a nightmare when he saw him breaking into yes. his refrigerator? Yeah, that was a nightmare. So I liked all that stuff. I yeah, like it never the, fucking comes back around. I like the sketch, you know, these people being uh, confronted with the sketchy homeless person. Yeah. And um, having to deal with that. And thought that that was kind of where maybe we were going more. As you said, it never leads anywhere. But I liked that towards the beginning for mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think all of that stuff is like, it felt like good setup, good sort of like get us in the world. Um, it's evocative of at least defining sort of where the characters come from, mm-hmm. you know, like where like their worldview is and or what their worldview is. Um, so I think that stuff- Or lack thereof. <laughs> right, right, it, exactly. I think that stuff is working up to a point. Yeah. Um, I had fun getting caught up with just who the identity of the killer was. Totally. Like, yeah, I guess it was pretty obvious at a point. But um, it's it was still, it, regardless if, if, you know, you guess it or not, it's fun to be like, oh, what's behind that mask? You see them so yeah. much. You just yeah. want to like, and there's so many moments too where it's like he almost gets the helmet off, but yeah. then doesn't. So I really, I really commend the filmmakers for choosing to have at least a woman in that outfit portraying it because there is a moment when she's reaching through the little what the the it what like is it is, was like a doggy door but for a rat i don't know so what i it think was. it's for delivering mail like slot. maybe mail maybe f- <laughs> like milk <laughs> yeah they call her the yogurt lady so i was like oh did they get yogurt delivered through there i guess so so that's cool so it's a little tiny you know slot in the door and the hand comes through and grabs the uh uh sung su's son by the ankle and the second that happened you see a bit of the forearm even though it's like in a black shirt i was like that's a woman's arm yeah and i think that's really fucking that's the way you should do it like you're i have to say though you're especially good at kind of like just instinctually receiving those little things. Like, I don't know. I didn't know, you know, <laughs> oh, interesting. Like, I didn't notice, but I think you just kind of are kind of like very in tune to just, I don't know, like naturally looking for those things. And then, having- yeah, well, especially in this type of movie, like I want why I like these movies is because I want to play the detective. Yeah. Right. Like I want to figure it out. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm looking, like, I was really even- looking. I did. I guess I wasn't even assuming one or the other. I just wasn't looking. <laughs> well, I kept thinking to myself too. They're doing some really fun stuff of leading the audience, but like kind of saying, "Hey, we're leading you." Mm-hmm. And I kind of I like all that. It's like it's on the nose enough of like, yeah, we're 
we're basically telling you to think that this is the brother over and over again. I didn't think that, though. There were a bunch of moments where I was like, oh, they're doing it again, where they're kind of trying to tip their hand. But like in a we know that this is not like it's over tipping the hand. But purposefully, like I like, I, I wish I could give a, a good example. That's just what the screen movies do so well as far as yeah, like really yeah, playing with that device and making us question everything. Right. Because it's like we know it you. knows it's trying to lead us. Yeah, exactly. And I like, I like that stuff. I think it's fun. For whatever reason, I just didn't I receive that or pick up on that. During, <laughs> during the, um, the, the, it's not the final fight, but it's pretty close. Um, in, in, in the slummy building when he, when uh sung su is really actually battling the the helmeted person there are some tips like there's a couple moments where it's like this is definitely they're trying to make us think that it's a the brother and a guy but there's little hints that it's not so i want to like it I want to I want to push along here because yep. I think we got a lot more for what did not work and that's where the <laughs> Maybe. heart of the discussion is. <laughs> um, but just last thing to say, like you said, that last battle, I thought um, generally like the fracas scenes were fun. Mm-hmm. Like you had that like fun moments like where right after they they block her from getting to the door, she like shoots her arm through the window next so to it. Yeah. A lot of kind of like pick up the potted plant, go out onto the roof, just fracas stuff. Yeah. But um, specifically to the opening scene. I was, that's, I wanted to say that too. That, the con- the construction of that scene is fucking great. Yeah, it, it's set up for, you can see me, uh, I'll, I'll save this for what did not work, but yes, very good. Like, so just the kind of the, the, the uh, point by point aspect of that scene, they're leading the audience just enough to be like, see, she left the door open. See, she's got a camera. Like you're a, just a fraction of a step ahead of yeah. the character. Speaking and of Scream, it was basically that was the scene of just woman yeah. getting uh, stalked and killed. It was really, really well paced and well sort of constructed to show show us and get us on right. like, oh shit, you know, level. And like also kind of what put it in where I'd tip it to horror movie too, Definitely. not just thriller because that was like pure kind of slasher yeah. scene. I, yeah, I, I think in the middle of the movie, I kind of started to feel like, fuck, is this, this doesn't really feel like a horror film anymore. And then it kind of came back around. So, you know, yeah, there's a boogeyman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that actually something overall is what worked for me too. I think it's, it's harder and harder nowadays to like, um, turn to someone who's a straight up, human regular person into like a villain mm-hmm. you know rather than just a damaged person mm-hmm. but the combination of how messed up they were and unpredictable they were plus just the the visual purely the yeah. visual just all le- black leather scary helmet like that tipped it into horror movie yeah. fun for me i you know despite a lot of the uh other story kind of distractions or plot lines or attempts to make it murky about what was going on ultimately i do really like the the twist itself like that oh it's this neighbor Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, and that what she's doing, like what her actual agenda is, that she's she's unhinged and has her own compulsion, um, which makes I think makes her a a, a fun whatever uh, opponent yes. to, to, to the main guy who has his compulsions, which are kind of similar. Stoic versus unhinged. Right. But like she, you know, collects things kind of compulsively for her daughter and she she ignores the dead bodies in her fucking <laughs> apartment. Right. Like she's ignoring a reality. And I think that's a really fucking good construct up against his version of ignoring reality. Yeah. You know, like they're really, really good sides of the same coin. His ignoring reality being as a kid when he just lied, uh, told a lie about his brother to get him prosecuted. Yeah. So the, the character construction I think is with those two really fucking good. Anything else nice to say before what did not work for us? Um, let's do it then. No. All right. What did not work for us? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? (laughs) You know, and I wanted to say it worked for me because it worked the first time. (laughs) When he reaches over and grabs that pop that plant potter when he's fighting the dead girl's boyfriend on the roof. And it, you know, it's that whole thing of they're struggling and it's right out of reach and he gets hold of it and he smashes over his head and gets away. It's great. But then they did it again. And then they they, did it again to the helmeted fucking bad guy. Right. With a brick. It's like, yo. Well, it was so funny Tim, because it had me trained that then it happened again, but was with him trying to reach a lighter to like set stuff on fire. But I kept imagining like, oh, he's going to hit her in the head with this lighter. (laughs) (laughs) Or or like he's going to like light her, like just put a flame on her nose or something. I was like so trained at that point. I was like, you can't do it again. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) If you do, don't make a thing of it. Make it. It, it just, became his thing. It, no, no, make it so it just kind of happens. Don't like. Right. Do, oh, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Oh my god. Yeah, pretty funny. Oh, uh, you know what? Well, yeah, I guess we kind of covered so, it. the fracases, but yeah, like that really hindered those moments. It just like undercut those things. Yeah. Okay, so I, I mean, I set it up front when when giving it my um, in review summary of, to how I got to my rating. But it, yeah, like Death Bell or Trench Eleven, it just felt like it never lived up to whatever the poster and description made mm-hmm. me think it was going to be. Well, this, yeah. And that led me to question, like, I don't know, to start off with that, was there, so so if, so if, if I guess overall it was like, I just wanted what I thought, you know, you like it to be honed in a lot better to whatever those themes were, that idea were. I wonder if it could just be way simplified. And if that's what was going on, starting off with the question, did we even like need that brother background stuff? So that, that actually is to me, one of the biggest, what, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. That, I don't, I don't get it actually. I don't understand what that story, that backstory so, provides. And this is what I said about Trench 11 was it, this film really seems to me like the kind of thing where they have the script and they go, oh, it works 
It feels like it's a movie. It it functions. This opening scene is good. And then at some point, too, they went, oh, but how do we make the stakes more personal for this main character? And then sure. they just kind of give this, like, uh, sh- what felt to me, I don't know, kind of out of place in the end background, it, 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 you know? It feels, and I don't know if this is any sort of, you know, writing rule or anything, but it feels like they thought that backstory is character and it's not mm-hmm. right. It's backstory. It's, it, it can inform the character, right. but it's, they're acting as if that makes this very bland character more interesting. And it doesn't like he has to actually be a character. You can see that with the, the mother too, because she was given no background. So therefore she didn't feel like a character. You mean the bad mother? No, no, the oh, good one, no, the good mother. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I don't, she just seems like a fucking idiot. <laughs> right. Like, and that's, that's kind of okay if the father, our lead guy, has an opinion about it. Yeah. Because then you've got character, right? You've got conflict and you have a point of view. Or the movie's acknowledging it. Right. But instead, she just does dumb fucking stuff. She leaves her kids alone like four fucking times. And after the first time... Bad shit happens. Don't fucking do it again. (laughs) Otherwise, we're like, you're just a fucking asshole. Yeah. And then he doesn't ever have an opinion about it. So it's like, well, then who gives a shit that these characters are not even characters? They're just whatever. Yeah. So backstory in his case doesn't doesn't help the character at all. And it doesn't make me understand him. So so what do you think? It's a greater what it's getting at, maybe in a greater way, because it's like. The, it, yet the script still functions because of it, like in a certain way, you know? Well, because it's a plot device. Yeah. It's it's literally just like, oh, I had a brother and here's the plot reason that we don't talk anymore. But it just seems so bland to me. It is because it's not. It's like, like, who gives a shit? Right. I don't even know what the lie is. <laughs> you know, the lie that caught like... What did his brother supposedly do that made him as a kid say, yeah, he did it? Yeah. No fucking clue. Yeah. So who cares? Then it means nothing. It was something about, uh, I don't know. I read it in one of the reviews. I forget. Like if he was sneaking into people's houses and doing sketchy shit, then. A, A black sheep and convicted sex offender. That's what the brother is as an adult, though. Mm. But are we supposed to just, I don't know, connect that those dots to that's what he did as a kid? I think it was, yeah, he was calling him out for something in that sex offender okay. realm. But then if he became that, then was the was our lead guy as a kid right well here what is that it just makes it all it's all murky and convoluted the thread is so tenuous because thematically it's saying so by sort of ignoring you know the homeless people the class divide stuff we are also ignoring our past or our our sort of responsibility to our family like what is Uh, yeah i mean or is it is it the uh, other way around so Maybe this is what actually is they were trying to do. Let's say 
in that flashback scene, the kids flashback scene, the 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 brother had actually committed some crime. And our lead guy as a kid tells the truth, but everybody around him wanted him to lie. Mm-hmm. I think I'm giving them too much the, the, the benefit of the doubt. But if that were true, that informs who he became, somebody who ignores things because that him telling the truth as a kid caused too much problems in his life. So he became an adult who doesn't tell the truth, who 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 ignores the truth. Yeah. If that were true, I would actually understand him as a character more. Yeah. But the way it's framed is yeah, different. The way that it's framed, I think you you're you're right with where you started like um is it Oh god, sorry. So he did lie. <laughs> he falsely accused his brother of a crime. Yes. That's fucked up. Right. Then he's an asshole. Yeah. It's way more interesting if he told the truth in the face of everybody else around him no, I actually, wanting it to be a lie I actually, or wanting him to lie. I actually like that as far as because if he's supposed to be some sort of OCD perfectionist and like you could see telling that kind of lie playing into that character of like, I don't know, as if somehow, you know, to lie to preserve some kind of image or. I, I, I agree. I agree. In the adult version. Yeah. But I think the kid version should be the other way around in terms of forming character. Yeah. Because then it sort of goes, oh, now we see a trajectory. We see how he got to this well, thing. I think as you're opposed more... to him always having been that thing. I feel like it's in the weeds and you are right as from the get go. <laughs> I'm trying as... so hard to make it work. <laughs> as far as as far as what you said, where they were just mistaking like, yes, for a character, you have to have their background built and like have them. But that doesn't mean you have to show it and make no. the movie about it. You don't have to make the whole movie about it. No, like that that somehow his decision making is. Make this about yeah, make this just about like we have the family and a couple like sketchy, uh, yeah. sketchy people and just L- that back and forth. We Look, don't need this whole in Fatal Attraction. It's a decision that that spurs the 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 insane person on mm-hmm. not a like coincidental backstory <laughs> right <laughs> right it's too disconnected or it's like it's enough to like just seeing this family deal with this plight like great do that well like have there be an actual moment of of quote unquote sin mm-hmm. right like if they get to the squatter um well, apartment again, they building did that but just as he was a kid that was what the flashback no, well, was. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, the, fuck the flashback. It doesn't work. Do it in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, have him have him, have this worldview that wildly fucking offends the unhinged person. You yeah, know? And, like, he and, calls the police to get rid of him outside of the store. Sure. Anything like that, that, that then we go, when it's revealed that it was this neighbor doing the stalking and the killing and all that shit the whole time, we go back to this moment of, oh, he pissed her off. And, and maybe he, it's unjust. Yeah. It's totally, it doesn't need to be justified. It just, like in her mind, it needs to be justified. But it could be just as nuts that she took this one little thing that he did that offended her or like pissed her off and ran with it. Mm-hmm. 
And that, that I'd be like, fucking no problem. Great. There could be a lot there, too, with just the fact that he's trying to be a good father. What choices is he, you know, that's an interesting conflict of how do you protect your kids while at the same time try to teach them good morals as far as, like, taking care of, you know, the, the, the less fortunate, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah, he, man, he's such a bland character. He has no, like, he doesn't fucking... I also was kind of let down with the whole, like at first the symbols thing was kind of cool, but then it just became like. That's my big, my big other one. <laughs> honestly. Became like, why What's do you the keep, logic? Why do you keep showing us it like so much? It was as if it was supposed to be a, oh, this mystery. Oh, such a big deal. But, oh, but also what the fuck does it accomplish? What does it accomplish for ne- once you know what's what's up? Like, yeah. right. That it's that it's what's her name? Well, here, here, no, no, I, I'm fine. How, how, but what does it accomplish? I'm fine she, with it. She just is compulsively going around being like this. Who, yeah, I think, why? I, th- I think it's cool as a detail, like just to go, okay, what to make this like, if we're looking at this realistically, what could this woman be doing to kind of like plot this scheme out? But it doesn't mean you have to make it like this big, huge, like clue mystery thing that like pops up every five minutes of him just looking at it with his furrow browed. But like, how does just it help? It. How does it help her plan? <laughs> That's my problem with it. It is a very cool detail. Yeah. It, it To me, the detail that somebody is going around obsessively marking this down no, I w- is see, super cool. I would do that in her position. I'd be like, okay, how many people do I have to oust from this house? What kind of rooms do they have? Uh, how many people might I have to potentially kill? Is that the logic to do it to every fucking room? I mean, that's what I don't get. It falls apart to me. What I think would be cool is if it was just a part of her compulsion uh-huh. and that well, it is that, in that, it's, that it's a red herring that that he thinks it has some broader meaning that it's like, she, you know, that it's a clue. And it's not. It's just a fucking thing that she compulsively does because she's oh, like the symbols were totally meaningless. Well, the symbols can mean something, but they don't they don't lead to any sort of revelation. No, the, see, that that's exactly it. That's how it. it it played for me was like, I think it was this kind of this weird compulsion thing, but it was built up to be this revelation. That's, that's what I'm saying. There, if to me, a cool way to use that and have it go, have it lead to an oh shit moment is that when he gets into their apartment and like opens the fucking the bathroom door or something, the walls are just covered in that same shit. Mm-hmm. And you go, ooh, ooh this isn't this yeah. doesn't mean something. She's just fucking Show it how way it, far it gone. means something. Yeah, that's where I was getting at. It's like it can make practical sense to her, you know? Exactly. But but not to the case. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> That oh. sounds so cool when you just said it. Make it so she's like gone crazy with how much she's written it inside. Yeah, that sounds yeah, cool. It's, it's a indicative of her state of mind rather than it having a, a concrete like purpose to the outer world. So, Okay. So I'm going to read from Variety, the review for it. Here are some nice things that they said, and I thought it was a good jumping off point for Mm, let's hear hear us try to refute them. (laughs) On a purely cinematic level, Hide and Seek operates on the now you see me, now you don't level suggested by the title, goosing the audience by having characters appear and disappear suddenly. Yeah or nay? (laughs) hardly is what i'd say yeah and but that's that doesn't 
that's too loose to connect to the game of hide and seek. Well, how, it's just like well, there were a few moments that didn't even have that to about... be in a hide and seek premise of like the daughter peeking out a closet or like the bodies hiding in the closet or like going from one apartment to another. It never felt like it was sort of the promise of the premise. It was never no. there in that sense. No, not at all. Okay, so I guess we disagree with the reviewer on that one. But on a deeper psychological level, it taps into fears of having one's privacy invaded, suggesting a cross between old folk tales about changelings and break-in thrillers like Pacific Heights or the recent The Purge. Kind of? Kind of. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's vaguely the genre we're in again i feel like they're describing the movie that i wanted it to be but, it but just... like if that were true then i would want the the woman like already have integrated herself into their place somehow yeah have it be this like tense immediate thriller horror of someone is someone living in my house or not like um the, the yeah the the kind of the invasion of your safe place construct <laughs> yeah. it, you know in like the hand that rocks the cradle mm -hmm. where it's like slowly over the course of that movie you see that this person that they let in kind of devolve into believing that the place is now their place and yeah. and no longer your place you let her in and then she took it for she took advantage of it yeah and that never happens in this. I'm like nothing to, even close to that sort of thing. Uh, a film I recommended deaded before was Sleep Tight, a Spanish film. Mm. That was, it was kind of exactly that. And it was great. It was all like in this apartment. And it was about a, um, the, uh, um, who is it? Like not the manager, but I think it was like the handyman or the manager of this apartment who like, mm stop like like spies on the neighbors and then this one woman starts specifically like breaking into her house and stuff and mm. it was honed in that sense you know there there were glimmers of the thing that i love about this construct of the the unhinged person the person who lives in such an unreality or like worldview is so um for lack of a better term insane that you can't reason with them, mm -hmm. right? That they, like, if if some, if you, like, in the end of this movie, the kid is like, this is our house. And the woman's like, no, it's my house. Coming up against that is scary as fuck. That would be scary. Yeah, it's scary but it in never, itself. It never... Right, it didn't build to it. Gets like to the thing. Like, once it happened, we're... Yeah, exactly. Once it, she was all crazy at the end and they were threatening to burn it down and she was like, but this is my house. This is our home. I'm like, she needed to have been living there for a while for us to or, or like trying to live there or like it could have been something. anyway, something like I just I'm like, she Whoa. just got there that day. I'm like, where is this coming from? I if it was a movie about how does she get to that point? Or was she from the beginning to that point at that point and we we're learning about it? But it was just like all of a sudden, this like thing we're supposed to buy into just it was not there. You know how you do that, I think, or one way you could have done that in this is if if that woman, the the Juhi character, had worked for them in some capacity. Like if she was like a you know, a housekeeper for them. Yeah. 
And over time, it's like, whoa, what a crazy coincidence that you, our housekeeper, who we've gotten to know recently, let's say she's a new-ish housekeeper, are also the neighbor of his brother who's estranged. But like if you overlap those two stories, it'd be like you could at least have the characters go, whoa, this is trippy as fuck. Like how the fuck? And then they can have the thought, wait a minute, should should we not trust this her? Is so effing frustrating. You haven't seen Parasite, Tim. Oh shit. <laughs> um did I just write Parasite just no, now? Just, it's everything you've been saying during this whole review. It's like as if you were saying, why doesn't someone just make Parasite? <laughs> like, awesome. It's well, so good. good. I'm glad somebody fucking did. I'll have to go watch it. Okay. So now here's a. So you, um, yeah. I mean, clearly this that works better. So this, to, this will, I think, allow us to segue into uh, the mother leaving the kids alone. But here's, a, <laughs> here's another quote from um, that same variety review. Kim Sang-bom and Kim Jae-bom's impeccably timed editing allows the viewers no time to dwell on plot inconsistencies <laughs> or, the, or the protagonist's infuriatingly stupid behavior, such as the fact that they never call security guards or the police until it's too late. Didn't I say at one point, call the fucking cops? <laughs> yes. What are we doing? And don't leave your kids alone. This idea... Uh, just on the face of it, the idea of we're in a we're in a neighborhood that we don't know. She could let the kids go play and then at least just keep eye contact it's, of them. Exactly. That that she like had to turn like a foot. What you, the hell? you have completely alienated me as a as a the watcher of this film yeah. at that moment. Yeah, because I'm like. You, well, you're just the worst fucking person and not in an interesting way, in a fucking you dumb way. You've done that scene where it's like, okay, fine, it looks safe, so go play with it and I'm going to keep eye contact with you. And then Sketchball Dude comes out of nowhere and she just can't get to them in time. Something else, or, I don't know. Or fucking uh, our, our antagonist distracts her accidentally like mm -hmm. she fucking turns and goes oh hey do you live in this neighborhood or what the fuck ever and in that split second because it is scary when you have a fucking kid i don't have a kid but like i've looked at after my god kids and my niece and nephew and my friends kids whatever there is a moment sometimes when you do lose track of them for like what feels like a microsecond you look away and you turn back and that kid is not where you fucking left them and i'm talking within a matter of a second or two. And there is a moment of utter fucking distress panic. And then you like turn a little bit further in there right there. And, yeah. and that's fine. But ha like, I want to see that. I want to see that mom have that where she goes, I was, it, it was a second that I looked away. Yeah. See her making relatable like choices and make it. Yeah. It just made it totally unrelatable when she was that, horrible of a mother <laughs> and then she does it like three more times yeah. and i'm like well fuck you just stay here just stay here yeah stay in this car she even lied on, on her phone with the husband when he was like are you with the kids and she wasn't and she was like uh yeah <laughs> why is she the worst person she fucking why kill her just tell the truth why did you just see just tell the she truth? she got rocked in the dome twice and then is totally fine at the end of the movie right Come on. <laughs> Knock some fucking sense into her, maybe. Jesus, Tim. Shit. 
<laughs> Come on. That's kind of the, the summary and review, maybe. Yeah. The review and summary. Uh, anything else? Tim, do you want to get into our things of note? Um, I don't... Th- I mean, I'm sure there's other stuff, but no, not really. Yeah. I, I think that... I. I don't know if this is me just being weirdly sensitive, but like it's actually not egregious in this, but because the character has a point of view of viewing like homeless people or like, you know, people who are considered unclean by certain people in the world, you know, looking down on that makes me like it makes my cockles go up a little bit initially because i'm like don't let's not fucking go there and be that shitty but thankfully the movie isn't doing that they're actually you know kind of masking it but this whole the whole like in the trailer and and in the movie it said at the beginning essentially and at the end it's like the tag of the movie of like there's this story of of squatters going around it just feels weird to me as a like it's demonizing and dehumanizing that group of people and i don't like it it just makes me feel kind of like right if you're going to do that then make it make that like your movie where they're monsters or vampires you know right. and then it kind of gets into appropriately tricky territory Right. That calls this on is our just own. sort of being like, well, I guess the problem I have with it ultimately is that you can say it at the beginning. It can be a premise that's stated there, but we should learn something and change by the end or the character should have a different opinion. And by putting that same tag at the end, it's like, yeah, it's unfortunate that these rich people had to go through all of that. They're fine. They made amends with their own shit. But squatters are still bad <laughs> right what or is more That's like it, it just wasn't taking a stance at all yeah but i mean by having it be this sort of like kid saying you know oh there's rumors or there's this folklore about it just mm-hmm. it seems misplaced it doesn't feel right well to it me. felt like i know there is a lot of that classism in sure. I mean, in the world but in korean culture yeah. of just like there is that looking down. Yeah, and you know, that's they, why it they makes, should pull their weight, kind right, of. Right, that's what makes it feel yucky to me. But yeah, to have the filmmakers at all sort of um, like not take a stance on that, yeah, feels and, gross. and or reinforce the yeah. the ignorance of that. Right. Well, I think they're. Or I don't think tolerance. I, I don't think it. it's intentional. I really think it is just sort of not taking a stance. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like it. That's oh. it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> next section then <laughs> sure things of note things of note <laughs> this should be interesting what was the thing i was supposed to remember oh about something with the kid and about Oh, uh, make it about that yeah, perspective yeah. of um, so that the character's daughter that was um, uh, Pyong Hwa was Ju He's daughter. That's right. Yeah, I think it would be kind of interesting to do if you could do it. I, I'd have to think about how you would actually do it. But let's just say you start with this person in that world, in the slum world. 
And so we sympathize with her right away because we see, ooh, this is not really a super safe place right. for a little kid with with maybe an unhinged parent. Well, that movie I would would want I'd want to see that movie if it acted as a prequel to this. Make it be about mm. like just the daughter and the the mother and from the point of view of watching your mother go to the point where she's killing people. Sure. Like, how but does I, she get to yeah, that point? That would be interesting. I think it, yeah. And, and you know, let's say you did it with this, if this was the first instance of that. Like, we're watch, watching this movie through that lens. So, the action of this movie is happening to that little girl. So, what would that mean? That would mean that, like, we see her... In the beginning, when the first murder happens and she witnesses that, mm -hmm. she's involved sort of in it. Although I guess I think we're supposed to believe in actuality that she was a planted distraction. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that it's but her that may watching be her mother. So it's like well, she's right. supposed to be her source of morality and what's right and wrong. That's right. And so I think it's a really cool idea that we, the audience, don't know that the thing she witnessed she knows is her mom doing it mm -hmm. until later. Like that's a fucking wild discovery to have to see it through that kid's eyes and have a bunch of this action happen where like some rich guy shows up with his family and his two kids and they're kind of assholes to me. Like I'm saying if I'm the little girl, right? Like they're this rich family and then my mom has a flip out over it and like how that impacts my life as this little kid. And then we then see her behaving in, in, you know, the the onion peels back a bit more and we start to go, oh, wait, like, why does she have all this stuff? And, and where that like seeing it through her eyes, I think just would be a cool. And talk about if how much it could be a horror movie to think of think of as a story of how does how does a little girl get to the point where she's on board with all this? Right. Because like that, that was honestly kind of the ending of this movie with the, the that daughter looking out. It felt like she was the new mother, you know. Right. She right. Was, so, yeah, to make it all about how does a little girl's, you know innocence get corrupted yeah. in that sense well and it really gives us an opportunity for i think what would be a the cinematic mo moment of this movie which would be if we've been led to believe through the eyes of this little girl that this this helmeted murderer is out there that when the little girl is in her place or someplace whatever and the and the helmeted person shows up we go fuck she's gonna get it and then the helmeted person takes off the helmet or she goes up to it and gives it a hug and you go, what <laughs> is happening? And it is revealed that it's her mom and you go, oh, this whole time, all of these little nuanced things of why that girl was acting the way she was and why her mom was acting the way she was make fucking sense now. Yeah. And we we almost get that in this version of the movie. But it's not – it doesn't feel like a oh, shit moment. Yeah. It's sort of like a, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway, there you go. Um, my only things of note have to do with – I feel like this is the equivalent of name dropping, but travel <laughs> travel dropping. Where I had the opportunity to go to Korea in my life. And uh, just some – two things I observed, observed that informed uh, aspects of watching this. One bigger, one not so big, but the um, 
the villain's look of being this motorcycle helmeted black leather like figure so korea all over the place there are these um uh what do they got like scooter delivery people mm-hmm. all kind of you know with different helmets on but they're everywhere they like go up on the sidewalks and stuff sure. it's crazy so just th- that informs maybe a little bit why no one was sort of being suspicious of them but there's a lot of sort of people with helmets like that then give us a scene right <laughs> where they're chasing the one and they go into the city street and there's a thousand of them yeah Would you give, give me the fucking that's the scene yeah yeah and then um a not so major one too but was fun um was how there was that remember there was the little girl in it who kept practicing her english Mm. hello my name is this nice to meet you that is something that just little kids love to do there they like especially like me and my friend you know being american they like they've like learned basic english they say hello how are you my name is this and it's just really cute and funny. That's like, yeah. they, they love doing that. And in general, I think that the adults who know English, they like like practicing it. Cool. Um, so little kids practicing English. There you go. Nice. <laughs> um, I have a rant. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's noteworthy because I don't really know what to think of it. But the Wikipedia page is basically non-existent on this movie. I mean, the plot's shorter than it usually is. Ooh. The plot section. Yeah, there's just not much. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't really have anything else. Great. All right, well then. Let's uh, <laughs> do our move on from Hide and Seek 2013, and do our recommendations. Cool. I watched um, Once Upon a Time in the West oh, again. A good movie. I haven't watched it in quite a few years. And holy shit, that movie is good. Yeah. The score is so fucking good. It's, yeah, uh, it's Morricone, right? Yeah, yeah. It, dude, it's great. I don't even remember where I watch it. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. Or Amazon or whatever. It's on one of those. It's just fucking great. That's it. That's mine. Great. Watch it. You should watch it again, I already, everybody. I already mentioned my, you know, I'm just going to get on the bandwagon with the rest of the, um, the movie going world and just say, yeah, Parasite. Easy to recommend, Dad. I right. haven't yet. Tim, you should, should I go do it. that today? Go see it in theater soon. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> Especially coming <laughs> off of uh, this film, yeah. But I hope it's going to be kind of. Um, Is it scary? Um, Is it suspenseful? Yes. Okay, great. It gets there. I love sure. suspense. Yes, you're going to enjoy it. Um, cool. I'm That's feeling a, a level of suspense right now. From from what is the suspense that's I'm in store for? <laughs> oh, just because I have to go to the bathroom really badly, oh. but I'm holding on, I'm holding off. Well, first before you we're do so that, close. Tim, we got to pick next week's film. <laughs> I believe it's my turn. We got to refill this hat kind of soon. It feels like there's about ten in here, maybe. So, all right, I'll get on it. I'll cut up some more. Uh oh. Uh oh, Tim. <gasps> this is one that I put in because it fell under so bad it's good. Oh no! Which I know you take, <laughs> but it's a relatively recent one. I think it's a Blumhouse one called Wish Upon. Jesus, Do you sounds remember what that awful. is? No. Okay. No well, clue. You'll be finding out because. Because <laughs> <laughs> great. I like you know. I like making fun of movies. Yeah. Twenty seventeen. Wow. Fantasy thriller. Ooh. It says. Um, Hey, maybe I'll love it. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> um, great. All right. Cool. Wish Upon. 
Sweet, dude. Next week, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. And yep. You should, you should do... You should... Don't put it back in the hat. Oops, sorry. I, that's why I did last time. Then I'm going to have to pull it again. Okay, well, we'll deal with this. Oh, no. We'll deal, we got to wrap this up, Tim. This, this is my worst nightmare. Oh, I just saw it. Oh, there it is. Um... <laughs> Okay, so yeah, you invited us to remember, but I was gonna say you should leave us, uh, help us out, leave us a review on iTunes, tell a friend. Yeah, yeah, do all that and talk to us if you want on Instagram at Dismembering Horror We're or at Dishorrorpod on tell Twitter. Tell us what movie you want to hear us talking about, and we will. We it's will. True. We'll do it. So until then, until next time, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.